In recent weeks, the US President Joe Biden revealed plans to expel Uganda, Gabon, Niger and the Central African Republic from a special US-Africa trade program. The news has attracted attention of government, private sector and the civil society organizations plus the business community who all feel Uganda will be losing out. US data shows that Uganda exported goods worth $174 million to the US last year, while Gabon and Niger recorded US exports of $220 million and $73 million respectively in the same period. This week on our business podcast, Business in 15, I speak to Dr. Dennis Nwagaba, International Business and Trade Department Head at Macquarie University Business School, on what the possible expulsion means for Uganda and who the real big losers and winners will be. My name is Simon Octella and this is Business in 15. Doctor, we've seen that conversation around Agoa. Maybe for the benefit of, of our viewers and listeners, if you want to call them, first of all, what was the intent Agoa was set for it? Well, Agoa is an American uh, market access program that was launched to facilitate the exportation of goods from a selected sub-Saharan African countries to help them be able to access the American market uh, with less hassle in, in simple terms. Yes. Right, so uh, for, for all the given reasons that we might not really delve into, we've seen reports that effective 2024, uh, like Rwanda, Agua will be put out, I mean Uganda will be put out of Agua. Uh, for starters, do we lose, do we win as a country? I think for me, any market access that is withdrawn from Ugandan producers is a loss to Ugandan, to Ugandans at large. Mm. Because this is a market that we've been accessing and we've been selling goods to the US. Now, what happens beyond 2024, we do not know whether the producers of these goods that have been going to the US and actually find market elsewhere than that which they have been getting from the US market. Mm. But I mean, Dr. Camp, think of it, someone would argue and say, maybe it's time for us to also think otherwise. There's several other markets that we can venture into. Don't you think so? Yeah, that, that thinking is right. But you see, any producer would want an enlarged market. It does no harm if we access the African market, if we access the European market, and if we access the US market. So for me, any market that we can access irrespective of where it is, is good for our producers. Yes. All right, so the other thing that you would want to talk about is the fact that this could be a blessing in disguise, depending on how you look at it. From the point of is it time for us to grow our textile industry and maybe, you know, stop? Now that is a talk around the second-hand clothes. You, you take on that. What you need to appreciate is that um, Uganda is 
exporting to the U.S. a number of goods. So not only textiles, mm. but we are exporting coffee, we are exporting vanilla, we are exporting flowers to the U.S. And for Ugandans out there listening to us, I think we again need to appreciate that some of these products are not actually consumed locally. Think about vanilla, mm. think about coffee, think about cut flowers. I don't know the last time you bought flowers for anyone. <laughs> so we are coming from a market that does not buy some of these products that the U.S. market buys. And so for us to lose that market, for whatever reason, I think would be a loss to the nation. Yes. All right, so let's talk about, I, I know you mentioned the issue of textile, but um, you would want to say that most of the things that we're exporting, fine, will then will somehow get stuck with them because now we won't have the, the markets. Mm. Yes, but what lessons do we learn from such opportunities then? Because we know the first African country to lose out. I think the, the lesson that we learn from that one is that uh, we need many more markets. We need market access in several markets so that we are not dependent on just a few markets. So if we now lose the U.S. market, we should be able maybe to go to a South American market and sell our products there. But our reliance on a very few selected markets makes us vulnerable when there are changes like this in the markets where we've been exporting our product. In August, the president did talk about the ban on second-hand products, uh, which the U.S. in any case is like the biggest supplier to Uganda and Africa. The, the first conversation is about do citizens of Uganda or can citizens of Uganda afford brand new clothes? That's there. But also, is, is it now the, t the time for us maybe to, to start saying, okay, I think we can dump the second hand clothes? And I, I think that uh, textiles are not an expensive product to, to buy, even at the level of Ugandans, especially if there's efficiency in the production of those textiles. But I think the challenge comes in when our cost of production of textiles is high. You remember there was a time when we had locally produced textiles, Nighty, Phoenix Logistics. I had ever tried to buy a shirt in Phoenix Logistics. The price was far higher than a normal shirt that I would get on the open market. And much of this is an imported shirt. So, we can become self-reliant in the textile industry, but that means that we must develop our local capacity to produce and produce cheap and affordable textile products. Because the mass market in Uganda is low income, and low income will not buy higher priced textiles. So we need to be able to produce our own textiles at affordable price so that Ugandans can do away with second-hand clothes. It is a shame, you would yeah. agree, yeah. that we are actually buying, to the extent of buying second-hand underwears. I think that one is, is, is really a shame yes. to, to, to our people. Mm. So if we can have these products produced here locally at lower prices, it would give us a mileage uh, in creating demand locally and increasing production locally. Mm -hmm. because then there's these backward linkages that come with our local production. Mm -hmm.
every time you buy a mufumba outside Uganda, you're taking away the Ugandan labor that would be producing that, that textile. So the president's wisdom would be justified only if we can produce products that are affordable to Ugandans. I really wouldn't want to see Ugandans moving naked because they cannot afford locally produced new, new clothes. Mm. I would wish that Ugandans can, are able to afford locally produced products and we do away with the Mivumba in whatever circumstances and in whatever market they, they are coming from. Yes. So, well, if you want to talk about international relations, uh, do, do you think countries like Uganda and Angola and Niger and the rest are at more and more like a, a catch-22 position or where they have to more, somehow bend to the interests of the U.S. at the expense of tapping the markets? Or what do we do to ensure that we, we, we stand for what we believe is right, but still, you know? So the, the African Growth Opportunity Act that the U.S. established to allow Ugandan goods access the U.S. market from the start had conditionalities. Mm. It was based on certain conditions and one of those was governance. That the beneficiaries under AGOA must ensure that there is good governance in their countries. And so it is no surprise that certain countries, including ours, have been disqualified on governance. And for me, I think that's the bad, that's the bad thing in it. That the reason for terminating this is a governance issue. Whether justified, whether imagined, but I think it doesn't speak good about, about the nation that we are being stopped from exporting our goods based on governance issues. And I want to tell you, Simon, that the affected person is not the politician. The affected person is the farmer. The affected person is the employee that is going to lose his job. The affected person is the investor who had invested in Uganda to produce and export to the U.S. But now, because the market has closed doors against them, may be forced to pull out of Uganda and lay off workers. It could mean that if we do not get alternative markets, it could actually mean that. So for me, as I look at this, yes. I go beyond looking at the politics of the day. Even for the U.S., they must know really that yes, there may be, there may be issues of governance in Uganda, but behind there is a farmer. A farmer is not a politician. Mm. A farmer is not doing anything to, to make the governance issues worse. But he's just a Ugandan who is trying to make it. And now his products cannot access the market. So that is dangerous for our farmers. It is dangerous for, for the labor force in Uganda, especially those that are employed in these areas that I've highlighted. Mm. Imagine the vanilla farmers in Mokono yes. who are growing vanilla and the U.S. has been the market and now they cannot export there. Imagine the flower the flower growers, the horticulture sector, mm. all of that that is likely to be affected by this. So my appeal for me to, to, to even the, 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 our partners, the Americans, yes. is really to go beyond politics and think about humanity. Because 
this is at the core mm. of this access to American market. It has nothing to do with the politicians. The politicians can survive even without the US market, mm. but the farmers will not. That's my view. Well, I guess it's now clear and it's over to the government officials and the different decision makers in this country to you know, find out if there is any other solutions to this problem or it is something that we're going to let go and have the markets closed. Of course, the Casita members have said it clearly that closing this market will mean a huge disappointment for them because on any given day we need the markets to export the different products that are manufactured in this country. Until next time, thank you so much for listening to Business in 15, our weekly business podcast here at the Near Vision. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.